Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mac Iglio. I'm Indom. 199 days till the season starts. Under 200, we are very excited. Time is actually kind of flying by, not going to lie. Uh, with all this news, kind of like, kind of entertaining myself. What about you? Of course. Always love looking at college basketball. Nothing else better to do in quarantine. I agree. All right, let's kick things off with some breaking news. Uh, the first piece of breaking news is high school recruiting news. Uh, five-star Greg Brown has committed to Texas, one of my schools. Let's go. And uh, this was an expected move. Um, he was thinking about going to the G League maybe, but the money he got was only 300K. And he also had schools like Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, I think, do – Duke might have been one, and a couple other schools. Uh, what do you think this means for Shaka and company? Uh, this is a huge get for Shaka. Um, they're returning everyone, and this just makes it – their chances of making the tournament greater. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Texas later. Um, the main topic of this episode is our new and improved top 25, and I think Texas is in both of ours, so we'll get, we'll get to them later in the episode. All right, uh, next piece, uh, Matt Harms, transfer news. Matt Harms, uh, former center from Purdue, has committed to BYU over Kentucky and Texas Tech. Um, this was a very surprising move. A lot of people thought he was probably going to go to Kentucky, but it kind of changed things up last minute. Uh, do you think BYU will have, will have enough firepower to reach the tournament? Uh, this is a tough one. Um, they're losing three seniors, of course, from their starting lineup. They do have two seniors, um, two starters coming back, and uh, – they're basically going to have a new team next year. So um, it'll, it'll be time will tell. And how long will it take for this team to mold it and play as a team with all these new transfers coming in? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's going to be a completely different team. I mean, they lose TJ Hawes and Yoli Childs, who were definitely their best two players last year. And sure, they have some senior leadership coming back. And Harms is even a veteran himself. And – I think time will tell, like you said, because they're definitely going to need time to build up chemistry and stuff like that. And uh, I can definitely see them maybe reaching the tournament. But as of right now, I think it's kind of a stretch to consider them making it right now. All right. Um, more transfer news. Oregon transfer Francis Okoro has committed to St. Louis. Uh, he's a former top 60 recruit. Uh, things didn't really work out with Oregon. Um, he will sit out a year. Uh, he's actually recovering with a shoulder injury. So he will sit one, and I believe he has two years left. I think this is a good get for St. Louis. Yeah, this is a great get for St. Louis. Um, Hassan French, their centerpiece and starting power forward, is going to be a senior next year. So once he graduates, Francis Okora will take his spot, and it will be like nothing just happened at all. So, Yeah, uh, St. Louis is a very – they're a very uh, senior leadership team. They have a lot of veterans coming back, and I mean, like I said, like we've said, the A-10 is wide open, and I think St. Louis can definitely be a contender for the A-10 next year. All right, and uh, the final piece of our breaking news, uh, Coach Danny Manning and Wake Forest have agreed to part ways. Uh, Danny Manning signed an extension uh, that went through 2025. Uh, he owed a $15 million buyout. Um, during his time, he was uh, 78 and 111 uh, in his six seasons. He had one tournament appearance. This year, they were 13 and 18. Um, 
I think this was very surprising news. We thought Danny Manning might stay one more year, but um, I mean, it was destined to be out the door sometimes sooner than later. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's still a very good coach, but um, I don't know. Things just didn't really work out. Uh, what do you What do you think the front runner is for this new coaching position? Um, the front runners are Steve Forbes, East Tennessee State, Wes Miller, UNC Greensboro, um, Ryan Odom, UMBC, Pat Kelsey, Rinthrop. Um, they don't they don't have enough money now <laughs> 15 million that's a pretty pretty large amount of money um so they're gonna be lacking in money to pay all these high caliber coaches um steve forbes i think he'll stay at etsu west miller um although the practice courts at wake forest are named after his dad i think he will stay at unc greensboro um i think my front runner is Ryan Odom. Um, he was a former, his dad was a former coach at Wake Forest, and I think this is a good connection. And plus, I think um, he's the only one in their price range, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with the price range. I think I think three out of these five are probably out of the price range. Steve Forbes, a very good coach. Wes Miller, a very good coach. John Balon, very good coach. I think, I think those three would probably not – like be uh, satisfied with the money they would receive. Um, I could definitely see Ryan Odom going here. I mean, UMBC, they had one shocking season a couple of years ago. And um, UMBC, like they're a mid-major team. They, they don't get that much love. And But Ryan, Ryan Odom's a very good coach, don't get me wrong. And I think he can definitely make the jump. And I also think Pat Kelsey can definitely make the jump. Uh, Kelsey's the coach for Winthrop. Winthrop was going to be in the tournament this year. They've been in the tournament for the past couple of years and another mid-major team and he's a very good coach and I think both of those I both of those two candidates definitely they can make the jump to a power five conference mm -hmm. all right and um now it's the main topic of our video uh it's the new and approved top 25 um we're gonna start with some teams that we have dropped out of our rankings um these are not all the entire like teams these are just like a couple Main spoke uh, main focuses that we have that dropped out, and uh, you can kick things off with who you have. So I had three teams drop out of my uh, top twenty-five. The first team I had was San Diego State. They were number ten, but um, Malachi Flynn has decided to leave and forego his eligibility, and he's the backbone of that program as of right now. Um, th there's no one that can replace Malachi Flynn in the San Diego State program. Um, I think they're still a top fifty team. And they're still in good shape to win the Mountain West, but certainly not a top 25 team. Yeah. Um, the first person I had was – I had San Diego State as well dropping out. Um, I'm not sure which, uh, where I had them, but I'm pretty sure I had them in the 15 range like you. Uh, sorry, 10, 15 range like you did. Um, I mean, you kind of said it all. No Malachi Flynn. It's not the same team in my opinion. I mean, he's such a good player, and he can – he basically changed their team around, and I think without him, they're going to lack a lot of talent. And, I mean, I think they're still in good shape for the Mountain West, like you said, but I think without him, they're just not as good of a team with him than they are without him. My second team was Louisville. They were 18 in my last ranking. Um, they're a brand-new-looking team. Um, only one starter is coming back, which is David Johnson. They're a guard-heavy team, and um, – they they don't have the talent that they used to have, and that's why I dropped them out. Yeah, I definitely agree with them. Uh, I took them out as well, but I mean, I kind of want to use, use a different team to talk about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Michigan right now. 
Um, Michigan, I had them as 20. Uh, I think you did as well. Um, I mean, they do have a ton of transfers coming in, such as Mike Smith coming in from Columbia. But I think in general, the losses outweigh the benefits that they gain. I mean, they lost out on uh, Josh Christopher. They lost out on Zay Todd, who was committed there, and then he decommitted. They lose Xavier Simpson. They lose, they lose John Teske. And I just don't think they're going to be as talented of a team. And, I mean, st- sure, they'll still definitely compete for the Big Ten, but I just don't think they have as much talent as they did the last couple of years. Yeah, Michigan was um, my final team that was dropped out, and you kind of covered everything. So, Sorry. I, I mean, we kind of had similar dropouts, so um, that's going to be some overlay, definitely. But um, another team that I had uh, was LSU. I had them at about 22. Um, I mean, after looking things and seeing how everything kind of panned out for now, I just don't think LSU is as talented of a team as some of the other SEC teams. Um, I added a couple SEC teams into my rankings that I didn't have prior, and I'll talk about them later. But um, I think the SEC as a conference got so much better, and I just think LSU is not as good in the SEC uh, after everything panned out. And they also recently just lost Emmett Williams to the draft, who was a former starter for their team. And I just think they're going to lack talent next year. I mean, don't get me wrong, they still bring a, they still bring in a ton of people, such as Shreve O'Neal, bring in the prospect Cam Thomas. But um, I just don't think they have as much talent and veteran leadership as some of these other powerhouse SEC teams. Yeah. Um, let's get started. Number 25. Uh, at number 25, I had Stanford, new team in my rankings. Um, almost all their rotation players are coming back and at least four starters are returning. Um, Zaire Williams coming in, five-star. They'll make them more scary. If Tyrell Terry comes back and puts his name out of the draft, this could be a really scary, scary team, especially with the trio of Oscar Da Silva, Terry, and Williams. That, that, that looks like a scary trio right there, and they can make some noise in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. I, I think they definitely can make some noise in the Pac-12. And I also think this team can make some noise in the Pac-12, and that is Oregon. Uh, I have Oregon at 25. I had them there last time we made the predictions. Um, obviously, Pritchard is gone. He was the blue guy. He was definitely their best player. But um, they, they do get some transfer uh, eligible transfers coming in, and Williams Jr., uh, Omori, and Hardy. Uh, Hardy is the UNLV transfer. He is probably the standout out of those three. Uh, most of their rotations coming back. Uh, Will Richardson kind of leading that team. Uh, and uh, Dante, the big man, who was out for half the year, but he's coming back. And I think this team's a very underappreciated team coming into next year, but I think they can definitely make some a lot of noise in the Pac-12, just as Stanford would as well. Mm. Number, my, number 24 now, UNC. Um, they dropped down five spots from 19. Um, they bring in a, lo- a, a loaded class, Dayron Sharp. Walker Kessler, Caleb Love, Ruff, Ruff Johnson, and R.J. Davis. Um, my concern about this team is that if you look at their top five players, four of them are post players, and that shows that they have lack of guard depth. And my other concern is last year they had a down season, and will it carry to this year? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the main concern. Will it carry to, last, to next year? I mean, obviously they had a very disappointing season last year, and – uh, I have UNC on my list, but I'm not going to tell you where, so you better stay tuned. 
All right, uh, 24, I have the same team as I did last time. Another Pac-12 team, I have UCLA here. Um, UCLA brings in a lot of different people. They bring in five-star Caleb Nix, who's definitely going to help the guard play out a lot. Uh, they bring in Kentucky transfer Johnny Juzang, uh, former L.A. Uh, native, and I think he can definitely bring a lot of talent to this team. And his potential was probably wasted at Kentucky, but he's still a very talented player. Um, the only concern is they might lose Chris Smith, who was their leading points-a-game scorer last year to the draft. He is currently not hired an agent, but there is speculation that he might. But um, other than that, I mean, most of their stars are back. Uh, a lot of their rotation is going to be back. And they're very, they a very underappreciated team last year in the Pac-12. They finished top three in the Pac-12, which is kind of under the radar for a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of Pac-12 teams in here because I, I just think the Pac-12 is so wide open and so much more competitive next year. And I'm just very excited to see what UCLA does. Mm. Number 23, Kentucky. Um, they were seven last time, and this is a huge drop, 16 spots. Um, they lose 94% of their scoring and 87% of their rebounding. That, that's crazy. Um, yeah, they do bring in a ton of talent, number one recruiting class, um, Terrence Clark, BJ Boston. Um, but what's really hurting them is that they have no big men. If you look at their roster, they, they have no big men, and they lost out on Matt Harms. Um, and plus all these guys are ball dominant and how long will it take them for the, to play as a team? And that's my concern. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky, definitely the biggest drop off for a lot of these, for our, both of our rankings as well. Um, but at 23, I have Virgin West Virginia. Uh, this is a very new team. Um, they're very underappreciated. And I mean, looking at all the stuff and going back at it, I decided to put them in uh, my list. They are a new team for me. Um, I mean, like I said, they're a very underappreciated team. They finished third in the Big 12 last year, which, like UCLA, goes very under the radar for a lot of these people. Um, they could have everyone back next year. Uh, Oscar Teshuibi is um, testing the uh, NBA waters, and I believe that he will come back. But, I mean, time will tell, depending on his decision. And the main, the main thing I have here is Bob Huggins. Uh, he's a very good coach. Um, he always brings in a lot of talent, and he can – he is, like, definitely a top-10 coach in the NCAA, in my opinion. And I just think he can do some very good things with this West Virginia team who's bringing everyone back. They're going to have a ton of veteran leadership. And, I mean, the Big 12 – I mean, every conference is wide open, but I think the Big 12, the Pac uh, – the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big 10 are the most open, in my opinion. And, yeah, West Virginia, they're going to have a good shot. Yeah. Um, 22, new team for me, Alabama. Um, Kira Lewis is gone, but I think he's replaceable. There are many options at that starting point guard. Um, Javon Quinterly, Jelly Fam, uh, Josh Primo, five-star coming in. Um, John Petty, I'm assuming he's going to return, so that leaves uh, four stars returning. And uh, Jordan Broner is also in, and they have a ton of depth. They have a very talented team. And mainly veterans, and it looks like a good team. Yeah. Uh, I have Alabama in my list as well. And uh, I guess you'll have to see where I put them. But um, at 22, I have Texas, a new team for me. Hook'em horns, baby. Uh, Greg Brown coming in, no surprise. He's going to bring a ton of firepower to this team and probably the most they've seen in recent years. Um, everyone's coming back. They're not losing anyone. And all the stars are coming back. Greg Brown definitely going to fill in as a starter role. 
Um, I, I mean, uh, reporters are saying that Jericho Sims might not start, but I think that's just outrageous. Jericho Sims is definitely the best like center for a forward for them, and he'll definitely start in my opinion. Um, I think the main concern here is what Matt Coleman and Andrew Jones do. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna need to be veterans and step up in games because Texas lost a lot of very close games last year, and that's why their record was kind of shaky. And I mean, yeah, they're probably gonna make the tournament still, but um, the record was very like shaky. They like the wins and losses were like almost even, I think. And um, I mean, yeah, Texas brings everyone back. Greg Brown's definitely gonna make a big impact and. Hook'em Horns. I think they're going to do very well next year. 21. I have Northern Iowa mid-major love. They were 23 last time. Um, they're definitely the favorite to win the Missouri Valley. They return um, player the, the conference player of the year, A.J. Green. They bring back their other top three scorers and leading rebounder. Um, they won the regular season championship last year. And Ben Jacobson, you can't underestimate them. They won at Colorado against a ranked Colorado team last year. They, they beat South Carolina last year. They took, um, I think, West Virginia um, to the last minute. And this is a, just a team that commit, um, comp <laughs> competes, competes. Yeah. Um, you, you certainly give a lot of love to the mid-majors. In my rankings, I don't really give as much love, but Northern Iowa was definitely a top 30 team for me. I just don't have them in my rankings. Um, but at 21, I have Florida State. This is a very big drop-off for me. I had them at 13 last rankings, and um, I just don't think they're as uh, good as a team as I thought they were going to be after everything panning out. Um, they do bring in Scotty Barnes and Juco star Sadar Calhoun, but um, I just think the losses outweigh the goods for them, similar to Michigan, but not as severe. Um, they lose Vassal, Forrest, and Williams to the draft. And a main concern for me is what MJ Walker is going to do. Um, he was kind of a limited player, like, um, as a starter. I mean, he was, like, the bottom of the starters for them, and I think he's going to need to step up a lot, as well as the bench players for their team last year. I mean, there's going to be a ton of spots opening up in the rotation, and there's going to be – there's going to need to be ready. But um, Mona Williams is known for going deep in his rotation, and I think those players will be ready eventually. Yeah. Um, Florida State's one of the tougher teams to project here. They could go anywhere from 10 to not even in the rankings. And I have them a little higher. Stay tuned. Um, 20, I have Texas, five spots up. Um, everyone is coming back. They add five-star Greg Brown. That's great. Um, but they got to play Brock Cunningham more. It was, it was, he's the glue guy. And by the time they played him, it was too late. And... They're six and they were six and two when he played ten or more minutes. He's gotta play him, Shaka. Brock Cunningham. Yeah, I like I like Brock Cunningham's game. Uh he's definitely your fan favorite for this Texas team. And um yeah, I definitely see him playing a lot more next year. But um yeah. Um uh, at twenty, sorry, I have Alabama. They are a new team for me. You kinda talked about them earlier, but I think they deserve to be a little higher than what you had. Um, I think this team's very talented, especially if John Petty Jr. comes back, which I'm hoping he will. Uh, yes, they do lose Kira Lewis Jr. to the draft, who is, who is a very good player, don't get me wrong. But they can, they can potentially keep four of their starters and bring in Javon Qu Quinerly, uh, Jelly Family, like you said, and uh, Jordan Burner as well. 
Um, Josh Primo, like you said, he'll definitely bring impact to this Alabama team. And I think Alabama is going to be back probably in the tournament, just like those uh, Colin Sexton, John Petty Jr. days. And, uh, yeah, I think this team is very talented. They got an all-around solid team. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do next year. Mm-hmm. Um, number 19, UCLA, five spots up. Um, they're going to have most of their rotation, rotation players back, all five starters coming back with the decision of Chris Smith looming. Um, he's probably the most important thing we're waiting for for UCLA. Um, they bring in Daisha Nix, five-star, and Johnny Juicing, who's probably going to be eligible. Um, this is a fantastic team. Um, um, they definitely turned around their season this year, and they have the momentum to carry it into next year. Yeah, uh, I, I put UCLA a little, bit, a little bit lower because of Christmas' decision. Um, I think there's a heavy chance that he's probably going to go to the draft, but um, I think if he stays, they're going to be a lot higher in the rankings for me personally. But uh, I guess we'll have to see what he does with his decision. Uh, coming in at 19, I have Kentucky. Uh, you had him a little bit lower, but uh, I just think they should be here. I had them fourth. Uh, in my last rankings, so this is a very big drop-off for them. Um, like you said, they basically lose their whole team. There's only one person in the rotation staying, and, I mean, they just lost everyone. Uh, like you said, they have the number one uh, recruiting class, Terrence Clark, B.J. Boston, Isaiah Jackson, Devin Ashu coming in. And I think it all depends on E.J. Montgomery's decision. He is currently testing the waters, and he has not hired an agent, but – there are speculations that he might. And, I mean, like you said, they definitely lack bigs, and that is a very big problem for them. They do have some transfers uh, waiting on their decisions, such as Marco Santos Silva, who, who might be coming to Kentucky, but it's kind of unlikely at this point. But um, I think if EJ Montgomery stays, they will be a very decent team. And I just think they need some veteran in order to help this young core out. And – I mean, it kind of just depends on what happens in transfers and what he does. So, I guess we'll have to see. 18, you guys might be a little surprised. I put St. Louis here at 18. Um, they bring their top nine scores back, including the six men of the year. Um, all five starters, of course. They were the only team last year to have a pair of teammates average a double-double. Um, both guys returning, Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French. Um, they took Dayton the overtime last year. That was probably one of the best games I've ever watched last year. Um, my concern is that they were one of the worst free throw shooting teams, and that makes it harder to finish out games. And I'm hoping they can finish out games this year. Yeah, I was I was very shocked with their decision here. Um, St. Louis, don't get me wrong, they're a very good team, but I do not see them cracking the top 25. But you you love your mid-majors, so uh, I'll, I'll let you have it. Of course. Uh, I know. Coming in at uh, 18, I have Stanford. This is a new team. You had them a little bit lower, but I think this team's going to be very good next year. Um, Zaire Williams coming in, uh, no surprise, best recruit Stanford's seen in a long time. Uh, they were a very underrated Pac-12 team last year. They started off the year 12-1 and in uh, non-conference play, and then conference play kind of hit them a little, and they finished top five still in the conference, but they kind of had a little bit of a sh uh, rough start. Um, most of their rotations back next year, and like you said, I think it depends on what Tyrell Terry does. He was their leading points a game scorer last year, and right now he's up in the air. I'm hoping he stays because he's a very good player, and he could definitely bring a dynamic to Stanford like he's done in the past. 
But um, I just think it depends on his decision, and Stanford could go up or they could go down depending on what he does. Mm. 17, I had Florida State here. Um, last time I had them at number nine, that was a bit too ambitious. <laughs> oh, my God. I got some time to think. Um, they're definitely still a top 25 team. Um, like you said, Leonard Hamilton, you cannot underestimate him. They bring back – he brings back seven rotation players, brings in five stars, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty Barnes, and Juco star Sadar Cahoon. Um, my concern is like lack of scoring. They don't have anyone that could create their own jump shot. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have them a little bit lower, but um, yeah, I think, I think they definitely dropped down. I mean, you having them at nine was pretty surprising. I mean, I had them at 13, but uh, still. Uh, it is what it is. Um, coming in at 17, I have Richmond. I had them at 23 last time, so they're moving up a little bit in the rankings. Uh, most of their team's coming back, and I think the main concern here is Dayton is not as strong as a team coming into next year. And, I mean, the door is wide open for Richmond and St. Louis. I mean, I understand why you have St. Louis in here, but I just think Richmond is the much better team uh, for the A-10 odds. Um they're a very experienced team, and I think Blake Francis kind of has to step up like he has been, and he's definitely going to lead this team to the tournament, in my opinion. And, yeah, I'm very excited to see what this team does. There are a lot of veterans on this team, and the sky's the limit for them. 16, I, I had Richmond. Um, yeah, like you said, 10 of their top 11 guys are returning. Finished third in the A10, in the A10 without a senior last year. Um, that trio of Blake Francis, Jacob Gilliard, who was actually a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, and Grant Golden, um, they're up there among the best trios in college basketball. So I'm excited to see Richmond play, battle it out with St. Louis. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that matchup. I think it's going to be a very good one. Uh, coming in at 16, I have UNC. Uh, this might be a little high for UNC, but I, I had them at 12, and I dropped down four. So um, – I don't know. I think it will kind of depend on what happens. But, um, I mean, they lose Cole Anthony, no surprise. He was definitely their best player last year. And it, it was unfortunate that he was injured for half the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, they had a very disappointing season. Um, they bring in a ton of talent. Caleb Love and Kessler kind of leading that charge. They will bring uh, Garrison Brooks and Mondo Baycott back, which is very huge for them. Those are two – I think they're – well, they're both stretch bigs, in my opinion, and um, they're still both very good players, don't get me wrong. And I think this team's going to be very hungry for a good season. Roy Williams is not known for having these very bad seasons. Um, he's he's one of the best coaches in the NCAA, probably all of all time. And he's known for making the tournament for consecutive years and being at the top of the ACC. And I just don't think he'll have two back-to-back -back losing seasons, and I think they'll step up next year. Mm. 15, I had Rutgers one spot up from 16. Um, like I said last year, um, last, last time, this, this is the team I'm rooting for. This is my bandwagon team this year. Um, they returned eight, eight of their top nine players. They bring in their best recruit in 12 years in uh, Cliff Oyumori. Um, and experience over hype. Like, this team doesn't get hype, but it's all about experience in college basketball, in my opinion. Hype don't matter. Yeah, I, I agree. Hype does not matter. And uh, 15, I have Rutgers as well, moving up uh, three spots. Um, this is your bandwagon team, like we said. But um, I'm very excited to see what this team does. 
Um, most of their key pieces are back. Harper Jr. and Baker are probably going to have to step up like they have been for the past couple of years. And uh, Cliff Oimori is coming in, like you said, top 50 recruit. Um, they will be a very much better. They will be a much better team next year than they were last year, and they're going to have a ton of more experience. And Big Ten, they Michigan State's kind of they're going to be like a new and experienced team, in my opinion. And um, I think Rutgers has a chance to step in, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Fourteen, I have Houston, three spots up from seventeen. Um, they returned their top six scores in that guard nucleus of Quinton Grubbs, Marcus Sasser, Caleb Mills, and Dijon Jarrell. Um, when I look at their American, there's no one as talented of a team as Houston, and they're definitely the favorite, a huge favorite to win the American, and they look talented as well. Yeah, very talented, and definitely the front runners for the American, no, no questions there. Um, coming in at 14, I have Tennessee. Uh, you might be a little shocked with this decision considering you're a huge Tennessee fan, but uh, I have them moving down three spots. Um, they lose Turner and uh, Jordan Bowden. Um, they're both seniors, so kind of had to go unless you wanted to redshirt it somehow. But, um, I mean, they do return four of their starters. Don't get me wrong. Josiah James is probably that key piece for them, and he's a very good player. Um, two eligible transfers coming in. Uh, and they also have a very good recruiting class coming in. Uh, Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson leading that class. Um, I think veteran leadership is needed for this team. Um, most of the starters share their experience, but they're all pretty young. Um, I think there are a couple of guys going into their senior year, and I think those guys are going to need to step up if Tennessee wants to be back to the tournament. And I, I think they're definitely going to be back in the tournament, but I think it just depends on how, how much leadership they have on that team. Yeah, totally. I'll I'll get to Tennessee later. <laughs> um, Thirteen. I have Creighton. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm I'm very devastated by this. I had the number one. Uh, that loss, Tyshawn Alexander, man. That uh, that hurts. Um, there's no way to compensate that loss. Um, they do bring back the other starters. Um, led by Marcus Zigarowski. Um, the big question is is Alex O'Connell immediately eligible? And if he is, then Maybe they'll go in the top 10 for me. But as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be eligible. Um, they finally have a solid big men, something they didn't have last year. Um, yeah, um, I don't think this is my national championship <laughs> team anymore. Uh, I'm actually pretty devastated by this. Yeah, um, you're, you're very big on Creighton. And, uh I mean, the tables have turned for you because I did not have them at number one. Uh, I thankfully had them at number two, so it's not as bad for me as it is for you. But uh, coming in at 13, I have Houston, uh, moving up a little bit, uh, more than you did, actually. Um, Quentin Grimes, I think he needs to be a lot better than he was last year. Don't get me wrong, he was definitely the best player on their, on his, on their team last year, but I think he just needs to step up a little bit more. Um, he is a very talented player, don't get me wrong, but I just think he needs to step in a, into a more leadership and veteran role for their team if they want to be good next year. Um, they will turn three stars and Caleb Mills. I think Caleb Mills is a very vital piece for their team. He was a sixth man last year. I think he's, def he's definitely going to start next year, no questions asked. He's a very good player for their team. And I think this team has a ton of experience. And, I mean, like I said, no questions asked. They are definitely the front runners for the American. And – I think they have the leadership and the experience, and I think sky's the limit for this team. Mm, definitely. Um, 12, 
I have Texas Tech two spots up. Um, they're bringing in the best recruiting class in Texas Tech history. Um, Jamarius Ramsey, he, he recently declared for the draft. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain he's definitely going to the draft and hiring an agent, but as of right now, he's not. Um, Chris Beard is one of the best coaches, top three in my opinion. Um, my concern is that they don't really have a true big man. Hopefully, Marcus Santos Silva, who, who, who has Texas Tech in his top five, will go there. And they'll definitely be a top 10 team if he does go there. But as of right now, um, 12 with no big men. Yeah, um, I have Texas Tech around here, and uh, I agree. No big man is very lacking for Chris Beard's team. Uh, number 12, I have Creighton, uh, one spot higher than you. I mean, it's obviously very devastating losing Tashawn Alexander. Uh, no questions asked. He was he was probably their best player for their team, and I was I was still I'm still very shocked by his decision. Uh, I don't know why he would want to declare for the draft. I mean, I, at least keep your eligibility. And I mean, there's nothing I can say about that. But uh, everyone else is staying. I think Zagorowski's going to need to step up a little bit more, considering Tashan Alexander is leaving. And they are—they finally have a big man who is healthy. So I mean, that's really good for them because they definitely lacked that last year. And uh, I think, like you said, I think it depends on Alex Call's uh, eligibility. Because um, if he is eligible to play, I think they will still be a very good team. Um, definitely keep competing with Villanova in the Big East. But um, I think without him, they're going to lack some scoring on that team. And I think it all depends on what Zygarowski decides to do and if he steps up for this team. Yeah, and another thing going against Crane, um, schedules haven't fully come out yet, but as of right now, they, have, they look like they have the toughest schedule. 20 Big East games, they're playing in the battle for Atlantis, a three-game tournament. Um, they're playing at Kansas. Um, another a big east big 10 challenge they're playing at nebraska and they're playing arizona state and that looks like a scary schedule 27 high major games yeah if they if they do well then that's like that's top seed worthy because mm -hmm. if they do well with that schedule that is very impressive yeah that that is a very tough schedule all right, number 11 i have wisconsin um four spots off from 15 last time um wisconsin Last year, um, I, they didn't look like the best team. They won the Big Ten last year without a star. They're experienced. They play as a team. Everyone stars in their role, and they're a good team. Yeah, uh, coming in at number 11, I have Texas Tech moving up five spots in my rankings. Uh, I think this is a very under-the-radar team, considering how well they did last year. They were a borderline top 25 team for most of the year, and eventually they started to figure things out. Um, like you said, I think it kind of depends on Jamarius Ramsey's decision. Uh, I hope I hope that he tries to stay, but um, I think part of me is saying that he's probably going to go and hire an agent. And I think it also depends on Jamarius Burton's eligibility. Um, right now, he he's looking like he's going to be eligible, but uh, he's still questionable for that eligibility. Uh, they will return three starters. I think David Moretti needs to step up more. Um, he's a very vital piece for this team, and going into his senior year, he's going to need to step up a lot more than he has in the past. And like you said, very good class coming in, Micah Peavy and Namari Burnett leading this class, and I think both of them are going to uh, play a role in this Texas Tech team very quickly for them. And, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Mm. Number 10, we're entering the top 10 now. Um, Michigan State, one spot up. 
Rocket Watts is bound for a big season with Cassius Winston gone. He looks he's my um Big Ten player of the year next year. My vote. Yeah, I know. Are you kidding? One of them, a top a front runner, not a front runner, top three. <laughs> that Luca Garza totally forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did forget about him. Um, they look like a good team. Um Joey Hauser finally eligible after sitting out this past year. Um, they have good role players as well. Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall. Um, the big question is, does Xavier Tillman come back? Um, and if yes, I'm putting them in my top five for sure. But it's it's a 50-50. You got to flip a coin for that decision. Yeah. Um, I have Michigan State here as well, uh, moving down one spot because of Tillman, obviously. But um, Lewis Cassius Winston, uh, he had a very good career at Michigan State. And um, they're going to need someone to step up. Uh, maybe maybe Rocket Watts, the uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, <laughs> and uh, do something about that. But um, they're going to need guys to step up into leadership roles. Malik Hall, Gabe Brown, Aaron Henley, like you said, they are all going to need to step up in roles. Um, Malik Hall, I think he's he definitely has a ton of potential, and I think he can step up into a leadership role for this team. Uh, like you said, Joey Hauser, good to go. Uh, former Marquette transfer, he's a very good big man for this team, and I think they need that a lot. Um, they bring in A.J. Hoggard, uh, who is a point guard as well. So I think he'll definitely split time with the Rocket Rots, probably play on the bench. And uh, Maddie Sissoko also coming in. He's a backup big man. And, um, yeah, I think this team is still very good. But um, they're going to need a lot of leadership, and I think it all depends on Tillman at the end of the day. Mm. Number nine, Tennessee. <laughs> um, that's my team, of course. Um Four starters returning, Josiah James, former five-star recruit, John Fulkerson, my personally the best big man next year in the SEC. Um, Eve Pons, the defensive player of the year in the SEC this year. They're all returning. Two five-stars coming in, like you said, Keon Johnson, Jalen Springer. Um, they have a great mix of experience and veterans. Um, and I think – I might be a little biased, but uh, – they're going to win the SEC this year. Yeah, um, they, are, they are my highest SEC team on these rankings. And, um, yeah, I think they'll definitely be a top three team in the SEC. And who knows, maybe they'll mess around and win it. But um, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, coming in at number nine, I have Arizona State. Uh, this is a new team in my rankings, and this is probably the biggest jump we've seen for a team. Um, I mean, no questions. They brought in five-star Josh Christopher which is huge for Arizona State. And they also bring in Luther Muhammad, who is hopefully going to be eligible. Um, at the end of the day, I think it depends on Remy Martin's decision. I think if he decides to come back, then they will be like at the top of the power rankings. But um, if he decides to go to the draft, I think they will drop down a little. But regardless of this decision, I think they're still going to be a very good team, and they have the pieces to be probably the front runner of the Pac-12, in my opinion. And – yeah, I, I mean, they have experience. They have the young talent and potential coming in. And I think this is, that's a good mesh. And Josh Christopher, I'm very excited to see how he plays with this team. And, yeah. Mm, number eight, I have Arizona State. They were 21 last time. Um, yeah, Josh Christopher coming in is huge. Um, Remy Warren, I have no clue what the hell is going on with him. He seems like he's going undrafted and coming back. Um, Romelo White a very underrated big man in the Pac-12. Um, they do have a lot of good transfers. Luther Muhammad most likely will be sitting out. 
and Holland Woods from Portland State, who averaged 18 points last year. Um, my concern is, do they have the depth? And would that hurt them at all? Yeah, depth, depth is also a very big factor for this team. And that could vary for their results in the Pac-12. Uh, coming in at number eight, I have Duke. Uh, they are moving down two spots in my rankings. Uh, but still, definitely a top 10 team, no questions. Duke's always going to be a top 10 team, no matter what happens. Uh, they lose Trey Jones and Vernon Carey Jr. through the draft. Both of them have hired agents. They're out the door. But uh, they do bring in Matthew Hurt, who is your bust of the century, I guess, and Wendell Moore. Uh, they bring in talent, no surprise there. Johnson, uh, DJ Stewart, and Jeremy Roach coming in. Uh, Patrick Tape, going to be a beast for this Duke team. The former commit, decommit, recommit to Duke. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do for Duke. And, um, yeah, I mean, Duke's – they're going to need a lot of veteran leadership to step up. Uh, Hurt and Wendell Moore are going to have to step up, definitely, because they are going to be a very young and unexperienced team. But uh, I think the chemistry will eventually figure itself out. And Duke, I mean, they're always going to be at the top of the ACC, like I said. And, as you know, signs of them slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, I have Duke here. Um, five spots up from 12 last time. Yeah, they do lose Trey Jones and Vernon Carey, but they do bring back Hurt, Bust, <laughs> and more. Um, they also have some a couple of veterans coming back, Jack Goldwire and um, Jack White, who are pretty good role players. Um, they do bring in talent, like you said, Johnson, Stewart, and Roach. Um, they look. It looks like they're going to play a little small ball. Um, Patrick Tate, do you think he's going to be a beast? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I have to disagree with you there. And I'm, my guess, will he be serviceable enough is my concern. And if he is, then, yeah, they're definitely a contender. But if he's not, then they're going to get screwed over by a traditional – if they meet a traditional big man. Yeah, uh, the Patrick Tate thing was kind of a little sarcastic. Um, I'm just very excited for him. Uh, committing, decommitting, recommitting. I like that slogan a lot, and I'm going to use it further in these episodes. Uh, coming in at number seven, I have Wisconsin. Uh, you might be thinking, why are they so high? But I really like Wisconsin coming in next year. I think this is going to be one of my favorite teams to watch after looking at what happened with them. Um, they do lose Kobe King, who was a starter, but they will return four of their starters coming back next year, led by Nate Rivers. Uh, they had six new prospects. Um, some will probably be in the rotation and others will probably not. Uh, but those people coming in right away, I mean, all six of the new prospects, they're all kind of like uh, in the four-star, three-star range. So, I mean, they'll definitely some of them will definitely get rotation time and others probably won't. So we'll see what happens with that. And I think this is their year. I think it's going to be Wisconsin, Iowa, maybe Michigan State as those top three teams for the Big Ten. And I'm very excited to see what Wisconsin does. Mm, me too. Number six, I have Kansas. They stay put at number six. Um, Marcus Garrett and Ochai Obaji, they're definitely going to be drafted this year. They decide, I want to come back to Kansas for another year. They're both great two-way players. Of course, Garrett won the defensive player of the year. They do lose Dawson and Azubuki. They bring in five-star Bryce Thompson. Um, my concern Lack of experience at that point guard spot. Um, Bryce Thompson, yeah, uh, he's a point guard, but he he hasn't played any minutes yet. <laughs> and um, David McCormick, Silvio DeSouza, will they step up and fill the shoes of Azubuki? 
Uh, Azubuki was an alpha on the court every time he stepped on. And I don't know if they could fill the shoes of Azubuki. Yeah, um, I'm very excited to see what that what that Kansas team does. Um, like Duke, they're going to be a top 10 team always. So, I mean, no surprise that they're in the top 10. I have them a little bit higher. But um, right here I have Iowa, number six, moving up two spots. Uh, they have everyone back, and they also have – who's going to be the Big Ten player of the year, Luca Garza coming back. Um, I, I don't know why you said Rocket Watts. I'm very shocked by what you said. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh, it is what it is. Um, Jordan uh, Bohan, uh, Bohannon sorry, is also back coming back. Uh, he has a red shirt, and he's hopefully going to be back next year. Uh, Iowa has the pieces to be a very good team, and I know they're going to be very hungry because – they they probably should they probably had a chance to win the Big Ten last year and Garz is definitely gonna be hungry. I mean, he was second in national player of the year voting. And I mean, for him I'd be like, Yeah, it's my time to shine and um I think he's definitely I mean, no no questions asked, he's definitely gonna be in the contention for national player of the year, preseason national player national player of the year. But um yeah, I'm very excited to see what this team does. And I mean, like I said with Wisconsin, it's gonna be them. Um Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan State, and I'm very excited to see what happens. Uh, yeah, number five, I have Iowa here in my top five. All five starters are returning, assuming Garza comes back. Um, Jordan Buchanan coming back from his medical redshirt. Um, they're definitely a great team, an experienced team, a talented team. Um, they're definitely contenders for next year. Yeah, um, I kind of flip-flop with you. I have Kansas here at number five. They mo actually moved up five spots in my rankings. I had them at number 10. I was kind of shocked about that. But um, after settle, things settled down, I decided to move them back up. Um, yeah, they do lose Devin Dodson and Uduka Azabuki, like you said. But they do bring in five-star Bryce Thompson, who will probably start for them right away. Um, Marcus Garrett is coming back in. Oja Agbaji, like you said. Uh, Garrett, obviously, National Offensive Player of the Year. And I think there's no signs of him slowing down. Um, they're going to need some bench players to make the jumps. I mean, like you said, they're going to need McCormick and D'Souza to make jumps. Um, D'Souza, uh, he had an interesting year last year. Uh, we, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about that much. But uh, if, if, for those of you that don't know, he, he threw a stool at someone's head and uh, he got suspended. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's going to be back next year. And I'm very excited to see what this Kansas team does. Um, I think them and Baylor are going to have a very good matchup like they did last year. and. Yeah, I'm very excited to see. Number four, I have Gonzaga, one spot up. Um, Philip Pedrusev, Corey Kisper, Drew Tammy, and guard Jewel Ayayi all coming back. Um, all four of them actually declared for the draft, but I think they're all coming back. Um, Five-star Jalen Suggs coming in. They have a loaded front court, very loaded, one of the best in the country. Um, but they don't have guard depth outside of Ayayi and Bad competition, of course. That's that's why I don't like Gonzaga. They're just playing bad competition. I can't trust them to win a national championship. Yeah, definitely can't trust them to win a national championship. But I mean, you got you got to respect their talent and their preseason talent, I guess. But um, coming in at number four, I've uh, Virginia. They were my seven, and they moved up three spots. Um, yes, they do lose Diakite and Brandon Key. But they do return three starters led by Kihi, Kahi Clark and Jay Huff. Uh, they do bring in Sam Hauser, the other Hauser brother. He's going to be lethal for this Virginia team right away. 
And they also bring in four-star Jabari Abdul-Rahim, uh, who's probably going to play right away as well. Um, this team, I mean, they're obviously known for their defense, and I think there's like there's no questions asked that they're going to be a top team next year. Um, they had a little shaky season last year, but um, they started to figure things out at the end of the season, and I think that momentum is going to carry on. I mean, they got the experience. They got some newcomers coming in, and uh, – yeah, I'm very excited to see what this team does. Mm. We kind of flip-flop number three. I have UVA, one spot up from number four, of course. Uh, UVA defense is UVA defense. That, that's like the best defense in college basketball. It's elite. You cannot deny that. Um, th- they will have more offensive power with Hauser and Abdul Rahim coming, um, something they struggled with last year. Um, and you said Heidi Kark and Jay Huff are back, and they're definitely in the hump for a championship with more offensive weapons. Yeah, I mean, you already stole the spotlight, but uh, I have Gonzaga at number three, moving up two spots for me. Uh, yes, they do lose Killian Tilly, who was probably their best player last year, either him or Petrusev, but they do return Philip Petrusev and Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert's probably the only concern I have for maybe uh, losing his eligibility and going to the draft. I think everyone else, I think they should be okay. Um, yes, they do bring in the talent, like you said. Jalen Suggs, top five recruit, Dominic Harris and Julian Swather uh, all coming in. I think they're all going to play very key roles right away. And I, I agree with you. I think they are going to lack some backcourt, and they're going to lack a lot of guard depth. Um, Jalen Suggs, he might – I think – I'm pretty sure he's a guard. Is that right? He's a small forward, I believe. Small forward. But I think he could definitely play some guard. Uh, I mean, he could play probably anything because he's so athletic and talented. But, um, I, yeah, I could definitely see him playing some guard uh, minutes. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what this team does. Um, I'm still very upset that they are in the West Coast Conference. Um, I think this should realign the conferences and have them playing against San Diego State in the Mountain West because that would be very enjoyable to watch. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Gonzaga, number three for me. Um, number two, Baylor, one spot up from number three last time. Um, I'm assuming Jared Butler and Macy Oteague will both return. They bring in one of the best defenders in the country, Mark Vidal. Um, Freddie Gillespie is gone, but uh, hopefully Tristan Gark will be back into his 2018-2019 uh, form where he averaged 14 points a game. And if he's not in his form, they could always go back into the 3-2 zone that um, Scott Drew loves. And that, that, that's what's so good about them, that they could switch either from man-to-man or 3-2. And yeah, that be special next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I have them at number two as well. Uh, moving up one spot for me as well. Um, I think, like you said, it all depends on Jared Butler's and Macau Teague's decision. I think Jared Butler is probably I, – I, I honestly flip a coin with him. I'm not too sure, but I think, I think Macau Teague's probably going to come back. Um, I, I mean, they have most of their pieces coming back, like you said. Galipsy is probably the one person that they lose the most. But uh, Vital returns, which is very good for them because he was he was considering maybe declining for the draft, but he decided not to at the end of the day. Um, they, they're a very good team. I mean, they were they were top two Big 12 team last year, them in Kansas, and I think it's going to be the same way again. And Scott Drew, very good coach, like we've said. And, yeah, I'm very excited to see what this team's going to do. And I think they're going to be hungry uh, because – they definitely could have been a Elite Eight Final Four run last in this year's tournament, which would have been this year's tournament. 
And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be very hungry for a chance next year. Hmm. Um, number one, I have Villanova. <laughs> uh, they were number two last time for me. Um, almost everyone is returning. Um, so I'm assuming Sadiq Bey is gone, but I think he's definitely replaceable. And when you look at this team, they don't really have a weakness other than um, pressure. And will that pressure get to them? And with everyone number one team, it usually does. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. And, uh, yes, I have Villanova at number one as well. Uh, they have not they have not changed anything. Uh, everything's still the same. And, uh, thankfully, I did not have Creighton at number one because, uh, yeah, we see what happens with that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think it depends on what Sadiq Bade does. Uh, like, like you said, he's kind of questionable at this point and leaning probably towards hiring an agent and losing his eligibility. But uh, everyone else is returning. And this team's going to be very experienced coming in next year. And uh, they have the chemistry already, and no one's leaving. Uh, they, the one person that they do bring in is Caleb Daniels, a transfer from Tulane, who averaged about 16 points a game last year. And I think he can definitely fill into a six-man role, maybe even start, but I, I consider start probably a stretch for him. But, uh, yeah, this team, like you said, not, not many weaknesses. But uh, I, I really hope the pressure does not get to them because that would just be a very disappointing uh, thing yeah, to see. Definitely. Um, yeah, that covers our top 25, 2.0. Maybe we'll have a 3.0 coming soon. I think, I think we will have a 3.0 coming yeah. very soon. It's my favorite thing to do in this podcast, these rankings. They're really fun to make. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many interchangeable teams here. And – we definitely left out a ton of very good teams. I mean, yeah, definitely. Northern Iowa, I left out Northern Iowa. I'm, I mean, I even think Florida could be in these rankings. Yeah. I left out um, West Virginia. I've left – I was considering Indiana as well. They have all five starters coming back. Um, Oklahoma State, you know, Kate Cunningham coming in. You could, We could go on for this forever with all these um, little 20 to 30 range, but – yeah, I mean, every team's kind of like – they're kind of there right now because there's no we, – we don't really know who's the front runner, who's, like, falling behind because everyone – it's a clean slate for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once the season starts to roll around, that's when things get very intense. Mm -hmm. And I think right before the season starts, we should definitely make our final list. Maybe that's the 3.0. Maybe that's the 10.0. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these lists are probably my favorite things to do. Yeah, the only thing I do know, Gonzaga will win the WCC, like always. <laughs> uh, another thing you know is Rocket Watts is not going to win the Big Ten player. Let's see, what if what if Garza gets injured? You know. Uh yeah. What if what if anyone gets injured? Then that changes everything. All right. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the um, that's the passion and love of college basketball rankings right there. And, uh, yeah, we uh, thank you guys for watching and uh, hope everyone's staying safe during these times. Uh, next episode, we will see a plethora of things coming. And as most things start to finalize, we will update you on that. And uh, got any other words to say? It's always March. Oh, yeah. Thank Have you a good for one, watching. Everyone.